What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra. Extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. Good morning, everyone. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you live from the Florida Keys. It is eh, eh, kind of weather day here. Got a front moving. It's a little muggy. But it's still going to be 81 degrees in the Keys, so we can't really complain about that. We got a little rain. And it's mid-November. Yes, that's the beauty of it. You know, we don't have to... But this 80, just going up to 80 degrees and not having the blessing of not sweating, just walking from your front door to your car, being able to drive around with the windows rolled down, at least when it's not pouring, that is a blessing. And uh, we're still, uh, yeah, we're, we're still remembering that it was a very hot summer and we are really welcoming this weather. It sucks for the fishermen. We got these fronts moving in so there's a lot of storms coming in but it's still plenty plenty of things to do down here in the Keys. Okay? There are. There's tons of things to do down here that are on the water. Most of them involve drinking. Right? But there's art studios, dive museums, the when you go down to Key West, there's Butterfly Ar- Arboretum. There's a lot of bars and restaurants. Yes, I know that. You keep reminding me that. The people that come down here keep reminding me that. But what I wanted to start today with, and we have we are rolling into Thanksgiving week, which is an interesting time for the Keys, like many places around the country. Thanksgiving's a place when people return to their ancestral homes. You get the Keys kids and people coming back to visit the snowbirds. Some of the snowbirds going back. I have snowbirds that came back early, open up their houses and they're going back to their the places they're from to celebrate Thanksgiving and stay through Christmas. But 
we'll have people back. And remember, next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, we'll be around this country at least, the night before Thanksgiving, is one of the busiest bar nights of the year. Just tons of things to do. Uh, ordinarily, some people, some families may have a tradition for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Eve, but generally people, a lot of people are returning home and they get back together with friends. And where's a good place to get back together with friends? Is it at your local restaurant, bar, or pub? And there's not a lot of house parties. Now, I used to have an excellent party on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving when I had a loft apartment. I had a friend from Philadelphia who sent me a link that uh, shows my loft apartment on Keystone Street is being converted to a high-end, high, super high-end loft. I don't know if they're tearing it down or remodeling it, the whole thing, but it looks like it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like... 95-unit loft apartment. But the funny thing about it is there's going to, only going to be 35 parking spaces in the parking lot, which you really don't understand because there's really not a lot of parking around there. It's in, a, in kind of a hybrid residential commercial neighborhood. You know, there's a bunch of little manufacturers. But this is in northeast Philadelphia, right near the railroad tracks, right near the interstate but, and I thank you for uh, sending me that link. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful place. I mean, a lot of the places I used to live are no more, are there? When I was born, my family lived in a, a small development that's no longer in Philadelphia. Uh, my house, my, some of the houses I grew up in. That's the thing about when you have multiple residences when you're growing up. My father was in the Navy. I went to 16 or 18 schools before I went to high school. Went to one high school. Yeah, I know. That's crazy, huh? It's a lot of schools for a kid. But we moved around a lot, too. So we we lived in at least 10 different places. And I don't know if they all exist anymore. But that's not the point of it. So we were talking about how people are coming back for Thanksgiving. To the keys and they're going out now I've been giving every show I've been trying to put uh, that's recently last five episodes maybe trying to put some bartender in the keys bartender show and the one thing a lot of people how important it is really important and this is aesthetics hygiene but also for drink construction and people say beer is not a drink construction. Well, beer is very important to people. It's a it's a volume by volume. Beer is drank probably almost more than anything else in the United States. Maybe next to wine, vodka, and tequila. But beer, what you need, what's really important, is clean glassware. Very clean glassware. Now, obviously, there's places that deal with plastic cups. I'm not a big fan of that. It does make sense for some clubs and things like that to use plastic clubs and not have plastic clubs, plastic cups, plastic cups. I got to just concentrate on that. 
because they're always clean. You don't have to worry about people bringing it in and out. You don't have to, you know, getting, you just have all your glassware. The worst thing in the world is to run out of glassware. It sucks. I've had it. When you had a lot of people drinking wine, there's, you know, you have capacity for 200 people. You don't have 200 glasses, 200 wine glasses just because you have 200 seats. You don't have 200 wine glasses, 200 beer glasses, 200 kinds. Because you realize, not first of all, not everyone's drinking. Not everyone's drinking the same thing. Or well, that's two things. Not everyone's drinking that. So at most, you think maybe 25%. So you normally keep, if you've got a 200-seat restaurant, you got 50, 50 wine glasses. Maybe 60. Because if you're seating capacity... And everyone's drinking wine. You know, maybe if it's a wine bar, yeah, maybe you need a lot of it. But usually you have people that drink cocktails, people drink martinis, people drink beer. So with glasses, like there's nothing worse. The, the, the real thing about, you want to keep the glass clean for hygiene reasons. You don't want people to get sick. You need to have the hot water, hot soapy water. And then you have the rinse water and then you have a secondary rinse water where you, set, you rinse everything off. At the end, you have a sanita- you, have, you have soapy water for cleaning, a sanitizing solution second, and a clean one third. I may be off on that. The clean water could be, but sanitizing should be in there, and you use sanitabs and stuff like that. But even though something sanitized doesn't necessarily mean it's clean and ready to use. And one of the biggest bugaboos in the bar industry is lipstick and chapstick. And guys have chapstick, too. Sometimes they lay it on, especially up north probably you have it. You, you, you know, it's cold, dry air, you got to put chapstick on. But ladies, you know, ladies with their lipstick, they really, at least you can see it. At least you can see it. And that grease, it doesn't come off easy. The grease from lipstick, it adheres to a glass. It is crazy. you got to really scrub that. got to be careful. You polish those things, you're just smearing that grease around. And what that grease does, it introduces molecules that breaks up the head of foam and beer. That's the biggest thing. What's the most, when they show something on television, when you see a commercial for beer... How do they present the glass? Is it a flat head, no, no foam on the top? Or is it a half inch of foam? Sometimes running down the side of the glass, which, you know, when you're busy, you can't really help that. You can't really help that. It's just one of those things. You get, how much time do you have to pour the perfect glass? But if you adhere to the cleaning you clean that glass and get that stuff off the rim, you got to get that stuff off the rim of the glass because otherwise on a beer glass, you're just going to, you're going to pour it and that remnants of lipstick or chapstick will knock down that head of beer. Will not, And that is, for some people, that is pretty unappetizing. So I give you that, just keep that, keep that, those beer glasses clean and you'll have generally have a good head of beer. That's really important. My daughter just turned 15 in October, and this past weekend, she did her online 
driver's permit test. And I had already started instructing her how to drive. We were talking about technique and all that, going to parking lots, driving around there. Not on the road, but doing it in a parking lot. I don't know. That could not... You know, we do go... Go behind the high. We go behind the the shopping center we live in at the local elementary school in their parking lot when after hours, not when it's full of kids. Obviously, that's not smart. But when that driver's permit, when I seen her come home with the driver's permit, I was terrified. And I'm not necessarily terrified. I'm terrified of how dangerous it is for her. To learn how to drive. There's so many things. I remember when I learned to drive that my my father would take me in the neighborhood in, in Philadelphia. And we'd go driving on the local roads. I think generally most of the roads he took me on in the beginning were 35 miles per hour roads in the neighborhood. You know, they got 20 miles per hour because you had cars on either side and small you, you just had to drive slowly down the center of the street the first time you drive. Some people, you know, you don't want, you don't want to get in an accident the first time you're out in the car. You don't want to get in an accident at all. But down here, different from the where I learned, when we leave our residential street, which is 25 miles an hour, not everyone, a lot of people don't drive, they, they drive 35, 40 miles per hour on these local streets. And when you get up to the main road, we go on to a highway, a four-lane highway, which is, it's called Overseas Highway. It's an extension of Route 1, U.S. Route 1. And even though the speed limit is 45, people are regularly traveling anywhere from 50 miles per hour to 60 on average, some faster Generally, not too many people slower. And there's a lot of lane changes, and there's two sides. It's, it's, it's a fucked up road. You have a bike path. You have a bike lane on either side. Yes, there's bike lanes and bike paths on both sides of the highway. And then when you have the brake in the highway, there's no, there's no traffic signal. In, in Key Largo, we have... One light that is only being used when someone's crossing the highway up near the elementary school. And then we have a pedestrian light. Uh, no, we have a, another traffic signal. Uh, so that that first light at the elementary school is mile marker 107. And then we go down to mile marker 101, about five and a half miles, four, four and a half miles south. There's a shopping center and there's traffic signal there. And then another mile and a half, there's a traffic signal. So there are 30, 40 roads in Key Largo that do not have traffic signals that go on to Route 1. And when you're crossing, you have, like I said, bike paths on either side. Now there's two bike paths that are separate from the road. And we're on this side of the road crossing... To go southbound, we got to cross that, uh, go across northbound traffic. So you got a bike path and then a bike path in the road for people that are road biking. And then two lanes of traffic. 
a meeting strip and then two lanes of traffic going south and another bike lane and a bike path. So we got all these things going on. So you got people, you, so you're concentrating on people coming up and down the bike path. So there's a lot of people that lose their right or their privilege to drive. So they're riding their, we got a lot of grown-ups riding bikes. And now we have electric bikes and they're cruising along. A lot of times seems like 25 miles an hour, which is very fast when it comes to bike paths. Because when you're used to seeing someone riding on a bike growing up, you're used to seeing them going cruising along like 12, maybe 13 miles an hour. And now they're doing it twice as much. So the closure rate's greater. And you don't know what direction you're coming. And you got these people, all sorts of people riding these bikes. So they're coming. And they got the traffic. And, and you got to teach your kid with a driver's permit to not be tentative. Tentative. You know, to be reluctant. You got to be resolute when you cross that road. You got to be certain. You got to make sure that. There's oncoming traffic northbound when you're trying to cross to go southbound. You got to make sure you give you plenty of room there. You got to get across in time and stop in that median. And you got to watch out for the traffic on the bike path at the same time. And that's not if you have someone crossing, too. There could be someone in that median area trying to cross. So you know about driving. Most of the people listening to podcasts are driving. So, but all this experience, you come. It takes years to develop. You know, you're driving, you got to be tentative. And I don't know how many people got in an accident. My, both sides of the houses, both sides of the houses. There was a young, our neighbor next door, within a week of her getting a license. This is what, like uh, eight, seven, seven years ago? No, it couldn't have been seven years ago. She graduated, it would be five, maybe five, six years ago. She was driving, and she pulled out of the street and immediately got hit. Now, a young, a young woman who just got her car and all that stuff, and she just immediately got hit and got wiped out. And then my next-door neighbor right north of me two weeks ago, with two, three weeks ago, she got hit in the same place, coming out of the street, out of our residential street on the Route 1. Because there's all sorts of things that are happening. You're pulling onto a road, a four-lane road, where people can switch lanes and they're maneuvering. So you, you're pulling out. A lot of times when you call across the median, I'm not going to go to semantics. The decisions have to be made. And they got to be made quickly. And the thing about it, I think things have changed. I think th- things have changed with vehicles. Now, one of the good things that change is that the introduction of anti-lock brakes. People are able to brake without going into a skid as much, which is great. But a lot of times that doesn't stop the accidents from happening because you have the people behind have to be able to react unless you have automatic braking. You know, that's not going to help. But the bad thing is acceleration. I think acceleration has increased on a lot of these cars. A lot of these engines are fuel-injected engines now. And acceleration, the zero, to, the zero to 60, or where they're going, if they're driving down the road at 45 and they're passing someone at 60, there's almost instantaneous acceleration. I'm not just talking about electric cars. These smaller engines, they just have 
quicker acceleration than you used to have. It used to take a little longer for your cars to accelerate when we're driving on the road. So if you're going 45 miles an hour, you're driving 45 miles an hour. You could you could gun it, but that's a, it was a slow process when some of these big boats we were driving back 40 years ago. 1980-81, when I was learning how to drive. So the prospect of seeing my child drive and contemplate, contemplating them without us being in the car, without, is terrifying enough when we're in the car. What's going to happen when we're not? I don't know. So it's a terrifying process. And then I see her friends when you go and drop her school. You see people driving down the road. Last night we went to pick her up. One of her friends lives at a small community airport. It's one of those airports that only open in the daytime. It doesn't have a you know control tower. It's just a grass field, but it has the lights. You know, for single-engine planes, it's a community with... You, you may or may not have seen them. Where the houses around them all have... A lot of them have hangars because the people that live there own their own, own planes. Well... It's 10 miles per hour around the airport. It's just a small single lane road that goes around the whole airport. A single small airport. And we're waiting to pick. My daughter's coming from a high school basketball game. One of her friend's boyfriends is driving. He's got a big ass truck. I don't know how he affords it. I asked my daughter. I said, well, does the guy have uh, a job? I don't think he has a job. He's driving this big ass like F-250 truck jacked up. I'm thinking, how's this kid paying for gas? He's getting 10 miles per gallon. He's going to... It probably cost him like 15 bucks to go driving yesterday. And how's he pay for the insurance? It's amazing how it happens all around the country, but how people just give their kids cars and then they just drive willy-nilly and say, oh, I need gas money. You're going to give them gas money? Yeah. I didn't get that. I never asked for gas money. I had, when I had, I know, I'm sounding like the old guy uh, complaining about that. I never, I never got gas money. Well, he comes cruising down the road, the airport road, he's doing like 30 miles an hour. Faster than a pit, uh, a NASCAR pit stop. Pulling into the parking lot. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is where he's learning how to drive. And then I find out, during the week, one of her friends' um, mothers, uh, one of the older sisters, they found a bottle of liquor under a seat. Now we know, we know the kids are drinking, right? That's what they do. But boy, how stupid are you to leave the bottle in your car? You throw, you throw it out. You throw it out at the end. I'm assuming it was empty. Kids don't always say, hey, we're going to save this for next time. You can't get alcohol poisoning without overdoing it. You never, you can never start too young developing a drinking problem. But that's another show. So I'm just thinking about the way we're driving into work. Oh, driving into work. We're driving, I'm driving her to school yesterday. Let me blow my nose. I apologize. We're driving down Route 1. And a friend of hers driving this really nice, oh, they got this beautiful Cadillac coupe. And they are 
they have something written on the rear window of the car. It's senior. Yeah. Senior. The girl's a senior. And they're weaving in and out of traffic, coming in and out. It's Route 1. This is not an interstate. There's two lanes. And you see them jumping up ahead. And they ended up, when we got to school, she ended up being two cars in front of me. And they're tailgating. They're driving with, you know, 10 miles, you know, you're going 55 miles, 60 miles an hour down the road, and you're you're sitting 10 feet off the person's bumper. I was trying to explain to him, if the person stops in front and you're not paying attention, you know what happens. You know, you're introducing the front end of your vehicle to the backseat of their vehicle. And I said, there's nothing going to change your driving status and the way you feel about driving when you get in an accident when you're first driving when someone starts getting used to getting in accidents when they're driving they generally don't get much better they don't get much better people there's people that get in more accidents than others so either they're frightened they're afraid of driving when they're in a serious accident or they just do it again they just keep on doing it I told you about my ride back from the airport one time with a guy. He was a great guy. Great guy. He had a Nissan. I think it's called the Juke. J-U-K-E. But it's also another name. It's kind of like a cross between a sedan and an SUV. And he's driving. And he was going up down the turnpike sitting on people's ass at 70 miles an hour, 75, 80 miles an hour, switching lanes, tight areas and stuff like that. And he was trying to explain to me that he's driving within the way he knows. And I said, you know what? You're You're driving. Though you are good at what you do, you are increasing the likelihood. If someone were to do something you weren't expecting in front of them, do not expect someone to slam on their brakes. Then you hit them. Then you lose control of your vehicle. Why your maneuver? Yeah, that's how people. That's why they call it accidents. So it's terrifying prospect. All you could do is pretty much teach them what you're going to do in certain case scenarios. That's it. that's all you can do. Is to be careful. So. I'm, I'm just hoping that I'm up to the task and that we don't, I don't want to get her too frightened about driving. I want her to be resolute and I want to be decisive and I like her to be attentive. Be attentive, decisive, and safe. The only three things, to, yeah, four things. The four things that are important. No, the three things. It's like this, the, the three things the Spanish Inquisition is known about. It's a Monty Python bit. Speaking of Monty Python or weird things, last night I got in a discussion with the wife about talking to yourself. And I was listening, I was driving up to a local store. Uh, I was getting something at 
the office depot here in town. And I pull up and I hear... Nowadays, you don't really notice as much because people have cell phones and earphones. Right? You don't see it as much. But people talking to themselves. I remember years ago, it was really scary to hear someone talk to themselves. But now the assumption when you hear someone talk to themselves, more than 75% of the time, it's they're talking to someone on the cell phone. Or a Bluetooth earbud or something like that. So, you don't know. The crazies could be saying, listen, I'm talking on the phone. Like, you're stupid, you know, and you could be... But the things you say to yourself are usually kind of crazy. You know, did I do that? It's just like, oh my God, this is not. Oh, please, please, don't do that, don't do that. And you think, wow, that person's begging someone on the phone. No, they're talking to themselves. And I was thinking how crazy that is. And then Abby, she doesn't say, but sometimes when I'm talking to Abby, I think, oh, and she looked at me and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I talk to myself. Selves. I talk to myself. Not only that, I'm not just talking about the podcast where I'm, I am talking to myself. Right now, there may or may not be someone listening live. You will download this. There'll be someone to download and they'll hear it. But right now, there could be no one talking to me. So... In all actuality, I am talking to myself. I'm having a conversation with myself. And how scary would that be if I intentionally did not turn this on and I just had the whole conversation? Contemplate that. I'm saying hello, people, blah, 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 blah. This is the Keys Bartender Show, blah, blah, blah. And no one's listening. And I'm just doing that. How far away am I from a complete lunatic? Where I'm locking people in this uh, big freight containers and making dresses out of their skin I mean it sounds like that it's totally insane there was a movie I watched that came out like six months ago it was Russell Crowe <clears throat> it's something about he just goes insane one day and starts tracking this lady that he has a traffic altercation with and he goes completely insane early the beginning of the, you know, I'm not going to give the whole movie away he, he was excellent he's just Totally unhinged. Totally unhinged. And I think because of the cell phone phenomena, I mentioned years ago when I was in a Baltimore train station and I'm sitting on a bench and I attract a woman's going, hey baby, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Very attractive woman. I did not realize this was 2000. I did not realize that there was such a thing as headphones for cell phones. And I had uh, j- 
just two, two, three, uh, four years before, I had a car phone. But we didn't have headphones then. No, we used little earbuds. And, you know, what, what I would thought, why would I think that someone would come up and start, start talking to you? I mean, how crazy is my world I think that you're just going to get picked up in the middle of that? And why would you want to, why would you talk to someone who would try to pick you up at a train station? A, you know, a six foot four guy and a girl that's like five four trying to hook up with a stranger at a train station. Like, that's normal. And in my head, you know, I guess that would, who, who's the crazier one? So, that it must have taken a lot of bravery for people to, talk on their, you know, on their headphone pieces in the beginning. And when they started introducing the speakers in the cars, and you just talk to, you know, you put it on the car and just talk to someone. People driving down the road and just having a conversation to themselves, blah, 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 blah. And nowadays, if they're singing or talking, we just make that assumption. Maybe they don't have a cell phone. Remember to talk in the whole, you know, you get, you, there's a lot of self-help regimens where people just repeat these mantras. You know, I am great. I am a 100% number one salesperson. I am the greatest bartender. These things they say to themselves. They say to themselves. They just do these things. I am successful. I am intelligent. People like me. I am a desirable me. My company values my input. My children don't hate me. You know, all sorts of things people are talking to. And it's okay now because people are just making the assumption. They're not looking at you weird anymore. Think about all the weird things we do in a car. Put on makeup, eat. Now, with Teslas and stuff like that, people are watching movies when they're the only person in the car. They're watching movies where they put their cars in self-drive. Now, that's not safe. You're supposed to be totally attentive for that, but they, they just things they do. People jump, you know, they, they, they figured, I told you about the cheat thing that people have done in the cars where they put some kind of Resistance on the wheel, so it seems like there's someone on the driver uh, driving at all times, and they've fallen asleep. They find Tesla's drivers that are going down the drivers. People in Tesla cars, I hate to call them drivers because if you're not driving, let's say if you're not driving and you're not engaged in the thing to drive, you're not a driver. If you're not doing the things that drivers do, and that's looking at the road and holding the steering wheel and stuff like that. Nowadays, you have to be, why wouldn't you be even more careful because we have YouTube and you can see all these accidents. You could just see, there's so many accidents. How many accidents before we had access to this 40, 30 years ago, 32 years ago, before you had internet access to YouTube and unlimited videos of showing accidents? 
You see accidents every so often or results of accidents, driver's ed classes and things like that. Actually, even police didn't see that many accidents because you see it after the fact. If you're driving a line, a truck driver, you see probably see a fair a couple accidents, but you can see an unlimited amount of accidents to see why they're caused now and get that experience that we never had before because people, so many people have cameras on the road. Vehicles, trucks have cameras so they can, you know, document what happened in front of them. It's it's a lie, you know, protect them against liability and things like that. Back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, they had a thing called uh, Drive Master, I think it was called, a Trip Master. Trip Master on uh, trucks. And it recorded the um, time and speed of a truck. And that protected liabilities for the companies that these, these truck drivers work for. And you say, hey, listen, no, th- this person got in an accident on I-95 on Tuesday at 3.30. And the person they got in an accident with, this serious accident with, is claiming that the truck driver was speeding. And the trip master would tell them at that day on Tuesday, that truck driver did not go over 55 miles an hour. And the speed limit was 55 miles an hour on, the term, I mean, on I-95. So there you go. You had your proof. How do we get that from people talking to themselves? Yeah, talking to yourself. So for me, the way I do it when I'm not podcasting is sometimes if I make a mistake... I'm going to go, oh, why, wait, I, I would say something like this. I can't believe you did that. Oh, please, please. Oh, like you're locking, you locked your keys. You go, please, please, please. Oh, I hope you didn't lock the keys in the car. And I say it out loud. You know, you're talking to your pet. That could be talking to yourself. People say, if you're not, why not talk to your plants? Because are you talking to yourself when no one's listening? Or are you talking to someone... If you're talking to someone that doesn't understand English, right? Are you talking to yourself? You get these people flipping out down here on people that are Spanish. When you get angry, you people don't have a tendency to be better enunciated when they're they're angry, are they? You usually get a little more slurry. And not, they don't follow syntax orders. You know, gr- grammatical, there's a lot of grammatical errors in the spoken language when you're angry. So people are yelling, when people are yelling at people that down here that speak only Spanish, it is similar. You're just crazy. And that's probably the scariest when people are screaming, yelling. When they're not really addressing anybody. And I've done that. When I'm frustrated. Yeah. When you hear that. I And I don't. That's, that's probably not that unusual. I'm hoping that's not that unusual. Because it's certainly. If I came across myself. 
when I was having a conversation, why are you doing this? Well, this fuse should, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my car and stuff like this. Well, maybe I, it's the fuse. Maybe I should check the fuse box, blah, 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 blah. And I go, why am I having this conversation? Who am I talking to? Like now, who am I talking to right now? I'm talking to you. Well, I think we're get we we get an get out of the sane asylum free card now nowadays because of the ability to record our voices to be able to talk to someone remotely that people make the assumption and now maybe we're engaging in things that aren't like we're making it socially acceptable to be crazy. And don't you think there's a lot of crazy people out there, a lot of crazy ideas? And I'm not just talking about like political ideas and stuff like that, even though there are QAnon. That's pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up to think that a group of people, your neighbors who happen to be in a different political party, would be drinking blood of children in order to for some crazy reason I'm not going to go in depth of that but there's some really used to be the conspiracy theories and the crazy thing they make movies about it because they were such a rarity that people would believe it would believe those crazy ideas originally the conspiracy ideas would be who killed Kennedy? Area 54 or 51 or whatever it is with the alien bodies, which could or could not be true. Right? And same thing with Kennedy. You know, they, they, who would say that Area 51, I think it's Area 51, Area 51 now doesn't seem that crazy. Because of all the UFOs that have been documented. Still haven't seen one personally, so I can't really say that. Maybe I did, but I was younger when I did, so who knows? Who knows? I swear when I was coming home one time in Philadelphia, I saw uh, on I-95, I'm in the passenger seat, and I saw lights, and it did not look like a plane. It looked square. All the way across, I saw the outline for it. But I don't know what the brain, the optics do with your brain. I don't know my eyes, you don't always believe what your eyes are seeing. Right? Who knows? It could have been carbon monoxide poisoning. It could have been hallucinating. It could have been a leaking exhaust. Well, I'd like to thank all my listeners. And that's, uh, especially in Philadelphia, I had a, a bunch of downloads from Philadelphia. Thank you. I don't know who it is, but keep on doing it. The reason I'm asking for all the downloads, if you do have the ability to do it, when I say ability, the time, I realize you, most of you are able to do it. And I know you have a lot of, you, you, you have very busy lives, but downloading a couple extra episodes, all the listeners and stuff like that, and some of you downloading a ton of episodes, that helps the show so much. 
because our ranking gets higher from the amount of downloads we have. And with that rankings being higher, we get more people going and say, wow, what's this show? Now there's going to be people who pick it up and they're going to first-time listeners are going to say, oh, this is shit. This guy mumbles sometimes. I don't like his sound. He doesn't, it doesn't sound like he fucking edits anything. No, I don't. Because I don't want to have to go back and think about it and say, hey, listen, I guess I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shared too much. I, I'm an oversharer. That's, that's my thing. But I do like you th- uh, to thank you all for doing that, for doing those downloads. And it will pay benefits in the long run. It'll be paying dividends. I stole this from the movie Cinderella Man. I mentioned that a couple episodes. When one of the fight commentators, and they used to do it on the radio, the fight commentator, I swear to God, the one line they used at least three times in the movie. And he says, um, so-and-so is throwing... you hear, you got to think it's an old-timey 1930 voice. He goes... Uh, so Braddock's throwing a lot of body shots, hoping that in the later rounds it'll pay dividends. Pay dividends. That means in the long run, you do something now in hopes that it will create a valuable return. And those downloads will create returns. It does. First of all, I'll tell you directly what it does in the, in the short term. I get for a certain amount of downloads... Uh, there's an increase in money we make from our just this advertising that's done by the streaming services. Just from the streaming services. So they'll pay us, they pay very little. If you heard about it, like they pay maybe for every download, maybe if, uh, let's say, 200, like less than a hundredth of a cent. No, 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 wait. Maybe a percentage of a cent for each download. Because that's what you get for your, you know, the advertising. They drop advertising in it. What eventually, like I said, I want to do is I want to be able to embed commercials that are pertinent to bartenders. So there's resorts down here and things like that. When they see and they say, oh my God. Every episode has a thousand downloads or two thousand downloads, five thousand downloads, and they'll just say, "Well, this is more than one of the local papers." And you know how much this is the way I look at it. I never talk about that reasoning behind it. When I think of advertising, people are still advertising in newspapers and print. In newspaper and print, that advertisement. Not only does a person have to pick up that newspaper, they have to read that newspaper, they got to go to the page where your print ad is, and then you got to expect them to read all of it. So it's a descending circle, meaning it gets smaller and smaller. How many people get the paper? Maybe a thousand people. How many people read the paper? Maybe only half of them, that's 500 people. How many people go past the front page? Maybe that's only 200 people. How many people get to your ad? Maybe 50. Maybe 50, maybe less. So it's like 5% in the end of the amount of editions that are printed and the amount of people that read it and the 
all those things. It's not like, especially these free papers, because people didn't buy the paper. If you buy a paper, you're more likely to read it, get it, get it why people pay for that. Now, when it comes to podcasting, when you embed that, and if there's over, let's say, 1,000 downloads, and I do it in the show and their listeners, they realize it's more than 50%. And it's more detailed. Because you can say a lot more than you can put it in an ad. If you can make it interesting. If you can make it interesting. So, well, I, it, I spent entirely too long trying to explain you my reasoning there, but that's my reasoning, and I do appreciate that. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone for their uh, happy thoughts uh, concerning uh, our dog, Roxy, who passed away this weekend that we uh, we put... Uh, I, I don't know what a nicer way to say, you know. There's She was suffering and we, we put her to sleep. But you know what? As time goes on, we remember all the good things and we don't get all sad about the time of passing. We just remember how much... She brought happiness into our life. So we miss you, Roxy, and we'd like to thank everyone for their condolences for that. And uh, remember to keep your glassware clean. This is Jim the Keys Bartender signing off. Talk to you later. Bye. This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy? Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay. It's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow. Thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MINUTE for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MINUTE for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up.